Okay, very strong views coming through there. Let's turn our attention to this conversation. Members of uh, SAMU in George yesterday downing tools over ongoing disputes regarding uh, the payment, in particular of COVID-19 danger pay. They're demanding that they be paid danger pay uh, by June the 30th. This is for working during the hard lockdown last year. Dumisani Magagula is SAMU's Deputy General Secretary he joins me on the line. Mr. Magagula, good morning to you. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. Uh, Let me also welcome to the conversation Bongani Masugu. He is a director in the employment law practice at Cliff Decker Hofmeyer. Bongani, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, and good morning to the listeners. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. I'm going to ask you just to uh, stay on the line as we get a sense of what it is that the union is saying. Of course, your role, Bongan, is going to be able to explain to us what the current legal framework in as far as um, occupational health and safety is what the current legal framework is uh, so that we're able to know what the law allows for and what it doesn't allow for. Mr. Magagula, let me begin with you. And if you can just tell us why has Samu been uh, protesting in particular in the Kuha area? Yeah, thank you, Kathy. In that area, um, what they have been protesting and fighting for is not peculiar to Kuha. It's something that SAMU in all the municipalities is currently pursuing that employers should pay the danger allowance um, on two levels. On a constant danger that municipal workers are exposed to, it could be danger of contracting disease because of the nature of their work. It could also be danger of um, being exposed uh, to criminal elements because of the uh, nature of their work. And um, But in particular, in this current juncture, we are also pursuing an allowance for those employees who were called, who were recalled during the lockdown. We know that we are still in the lockdown and it started in March of 2020 even during the hard lockdown, because of the employees that are in essential service, they had to report back to work and provide the services that were needed by the citizens of the country. And as a result, uh, it is then, then becomes justifiable that there should be an allowance that is paid uh, for those employees who are exposed to that kind of danger. Because, of course, it comes to where there is cost related to what you are exposed to. You know that medical aid will not pay for the, for example, for the test for COVID-19. At some point, you have to use your own money to get the test. Um, it's not every kind of uh, medication that will be paid for by the medical aid. And of course, employees then have to fend for themselves. This is why we are saying that the danger allowance should be paid. Mr. Magagula, if you can explain to us which workers you would want this danger pay to apply to. We would want the danger pay to be applied to all the workers that have put their hands on the deck during the lockdown when everyone else was uh, allowed to work from home 
when everyone else was not reporting to work, but um, solid waste workers had to be in the workplace. Um, the traffic officers had to be in the workplace. Water purification plants had to run. Sewer plants had to run. Uh, clinics had to run. Uh, it's all those workers who were recalled by the different municipalities uh, to work during the lockdown. Do you have a way in which you are going to be able to differentiate? I imagine that there were some workers, even though they may be part of your union, who deal more with the administrative end of things, who were able to work from home. Would they too qualify for this danger pay? A workplace is highly regulated. Every employer knows exactly who was recalled. It's not a mammoth task. It's very simple because employers know who was working, which services were provided, and those employees responded to the call. Letters were sent to them. WhatsApp messages were sent to them. SMSs were sent to them to say, we know we are still facing the lockdown, but your services are needed. You need to report back to work. And they went to work without gloves, without masks, mm. when the lockdown started, without sanitizers. But they were responding to the clearing call to defend the citizens of the country. You took this matter to court, and when one looks at the outcome of the court process, it it doesn't look like the court has agreed with you in terms of the fact that you are justified in protesting over this matter. Yeah, look, the court realizes that in the local government sector there is a bargaining council. And the court would say, before we deal with this matter, there is another level before the level of the court at which these things may be raised. And that is the level where we are pursuing collective agreements. And collective agreements in the local government sector can be at a central level, they can be at a divisional level, and at a local level. And at the local level, it's the matter that has now arisen in Kuha where an agreement has to be reached at the level of the workplace. And there should be a policy in that workplace that regulates uh, what you would call a risk or danger allowance, and that would also regulate the payment of such. Mr. Masuku, let me bring you into this conversation as somebody who deals with um, matters of occupational health and, and, and safety, in particular where the country's labor laws are concerned. Have you seen um, uh, any other sectors or even an increase in, in, in people who want danger pay that is COVID-19 related? I'll be honest, I haven't necessarily seen an increase in that demand Mm. and my suspicion and this is purely a suspicion i haven't quite analyzed the um, samu demand at any level and i have not even seen the judgment that uh, is being referred to that they took the matter to court but my understanding from a legal point of view is that um, we, we we haven't necessarily seen from my personal experience an increase in that and 
I suspect it has something to do with the existence of the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act, as well as the fact that danger pay is actually something that applies to specific categories of employees Mm. in the public sector who are employed in terms of the Public Sector Service Act. And there is a directive issued by the minister in that regard, a determination and directive on danger allowance in the public service, which Mm. regulates who it gets entitled and what the formula is that is to be applied to determine whether a particular category of employees is entitled to any level of danger pay or not. So um, the answer to the question is no. Uh, in my personal experience, mm. I haven't seen an increase in this. It does strike me as a little bit of a, a, a different issue, um, you know, from um, from what is contemplated in the de- determination and directive for on danger allowance in the public service. So, 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 so that, tell us more about that and and how it works and and what is the framework that guides it. So the the, the de- determination and directive. Um, is issued in terms of Section 3.5 and Section 5.6 of the Public Service Act, which allows the minister the power, which bestows the power on the minister to issue such a directive regulating, amongst other things, these different allowances that are to be payable to certain categories of employees. The scope of application of that act is it applies to uh, employers and employees who are employed by the state. And, and they must fall within the registered co- scope of the bargaining council that uh, is responsible, that has jurisdiction there. Uh, the principles for the application is that it creates certain categories of employees and it basically creates a formula where you look at, amongst other things, the nature of the duty that the person performs. Mm. You look at the nature and extent of the risk that they are exposed to while performing their job functions. Amongst the things that you take into account in deciding whether or not the principles set out there for the specific allowances that are to be applied, including amongst other stage pay, uh, 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 applies to those categories of employees. So it's a, you know, it's a it's a process to arrive at the d- decision of whether or not a particular person, um, you know, is entitled to danger pay. But the reason why I say it's different um, with COVID is because COVID is a national, well, in fact, a global pandemic that affects everybody equally. Um, it is not like there is a specific category of employees who, um, you know, are, mm-hmm. are, are much more at risk of COVID than others. Of course, uh, I acknowledge the point um, for, from the summer representative where he says those that were forced to be at work were required or called upon to be at work while everybody else was on level five shutdown and not uh, businesses were not running. Uh, are the ones in respect of which the demand is being made. So that is really the full extent of how I've analysed the issue and I, I think my understanding is, is really what I've just explained mm. uh, in relation to how what danger pay is, how it's applied. Mm. This issue of who is affected how by COVID-19 and uh, an argument that everybody has been equally affected. Mm-hmm. I imagine, uh, Mr. Kagula, as, as, as Samu, you, you don't agree that everybody has been equally affected by this? Yeah, um, yes, not everybody is affected equally. Um, uh, so that is the, the extent, but the, intensively everyone is affected and all employees are affected. Just depends on when they are recalled and what type of rotation they have in the different municipalities. But I just want to pick on what uh, Mr. Masugu has correctly submitted that there might be a determination in terms of the Public Service Act. 
that does not apply to local government. Um, we do not fall under the public services as local government. We have our own bargaining council, our own set of regulations, and there is no danger allowance currently that is promulgated or that is uh, in a determination. What we have is different municipalities agreeing at local labor forum on a payment of a danger allowance. And at the national level, we are pursuing a once-off payment for the period of the lockdown. Mr. Masuku, just in terms of the legalities of this, what do you think would need to be in place for such a consideration to not just be made, but to even be successful? So if I understand uh, Mr. Makakula's explanation, um, he, 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 say, he seems to be saying, um, and he can correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong, he seems to be saying that they are basically for, uh, putting this forward as a demand at a national level for there to be some kind of a collective agreement that gets entered into where danger pay can then be provided for for those aspects or those categories of employees who, um, who had to be at work while everybody else was not at work by reason of the lockdown. And if that is the, the, the demand, then I would say that my understanding is that there is not, nothing necessarily legally wrong with making the demand itself. Uh, in fact, the determination and directive on danger pay um, does contemplate that some collective agreements may be entered into in this regard. Mm. What that then does is that it makes that an interest dispute from a labor law point of view and not necessarily a rights dispute. And what an interest is, what it means um, by an interest dispute is that the, 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 the trade union federation or, 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 or the trade union representative of the persons who are making the demand in this regard to government as, as, as the biggest and largest employer um, would then um, have to follow the processes that, that are contemplated in the Labor Relations Act relating to how a, a, an interest dispute is to be pursued if government obviously does not budge on the demand that is being made and that may uh, or may not uh, result in ultimately a strike breaking out in certain aspects mm. of uh, uh, the state in its capacity as an employer. I, I just want I don't, to, yeah. Go ahead. I don't, I, my understanding is not that there's necessarily something wrong with pursuing it in that fashion mm. uh, as long as uh, I think an understanding is clear uh, amongst all that this is an interest demand and not something that is not a demand in relation to something that employees have a right to. I want to just bring, a, 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 you know, something different on the table for you, Mr. Masuko. If I am a cashier and I am one of those people that has been working throughout, including during the lockdown, yes. would I in any way have recourse where danger pay or even a conversation for for danger pay to begin with my employers is concerned? So I think the simple answer to the question is no, insofar as maybe the cashier we are referring to is not somebody that um, is employed by the state or even if they're employed by the state, if they do not fall within the registered scope of the PSCBC the mm-hmm. bargaining council jurisdiction in that regard, which I think in my understanding of Mr. Makakula's own explanation uh, a few moments ago is where the employees that they are representing in relation to this demand that is being made 
uh, where they fall. So they fall outside of the application of the determination mm. and directive mm. on danger pay because they do not organize under the jurisdiction of the PSCBC. Mm. Mm. So, so, so the cashier would find themselves in that situation and the, the answer to the question would depend on whether they A, are employed by the state and B, if so, whether they fall within the registered scope of, of, of the PSCBC. If the answer to those two questions is a no, then they would not have a right to danger pay as regulated in that determination. But if the answer is yes, then they may be entitled to it. And if the answer is no, and they don't have a right in terms of the determination and directive, then they could pursue it in the form of an interest dispute, as I understand Mr. Makakula and Samu to be currently doing. Bongani Masuku is a director in the employment law practice at Clive Decker Hofmeyer. Uh, Mr. Magagula, let me give you the last word on this matter. So where to next in terms of Samu and, and this fight for, for, for its members at a local level to uh, receive uh, danger pay? Yeah, but before I answer that quickly, Kesia mm-hmm. should get a danger allowance. They mm-hmm. get interaction with members of the public. That's all they do. Interact mm. with the members of the public exchange money um, and uh, get in contact where necessary in terms of the inquiries that they deal with. So they are equally affected and they should get their danger pay. However, we are continuing to pursue the matter. Um, we will uh, definitely be uh, declaring a dispute on um, mutual interest, which will lead to a protected strike on these issues. Uh, it's already part of the demands uh, that we have made at the bargaining council, and we are going into a specific negotiation and finalization of a an agreement on data allowance, which is in two forms. The one that says what should be done at the local level in every municipality at the workplace, and a national agreement on the uh, compensation for those that took part um, during the lockdown. Thank you. All right. Let me thank you so much for your time. Dumisani Magagula is Samu's Deputy General Secretary. It's 11.30. Luyanda Maume standing by with your latest news headlines.